Look at talk. A new episode starts now. Welcome one. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Look at Talk podcast. I'm your host, holding it down in Florida, Mr. V Jones. And today on the, I have a guest with you. So that means we have an exclusive round. Yet another exclusive round, I know. The coronavirus cannot stop us from producing podcasts. This lady is the host of the Dark Sugar Podcast. She's holding it down in Arizona. It's Miss Kiana. How are you doing tonight, gorgeous? Doing well. And yeah. <laughs> How's it been going surviving this coronavirus madness out there in Arizona? It's been really wild. We have a um we go into a state advisory today at five. Um and it's just, you know, schools are shut down. A lot of businesses are, you know, we got the notice today because I'm a social studies teacher that, um, you know, the kids aren't going back to school for the rest of the year. Um, you know, I hope, hopefully the stay-at-home advisory makes people take this way more serious. I feel like in Arizona, there's a people that aren't taking it very serious and a group that just is going about like nothing's happening. Um but you know, just trying to practice, you know, self care. Still trying to exercise. Still trying to, you know, be active and not let the whole thing like really, really get to me because it's really easy to let it. You know, I, I totally feel you on that. And more power to you on being a teacher. You know, because I know that is difficult to have to take care of other other people's kids for eight hours a day and. Mm around a year so I gotta say a heart's out to you and it's like and it's sad that America don't really take care of the teachers yeah and growing up I I like it. my mom's a teacher too so I I knew that you know the education system was there were a lot of holes and teachers didn't get paid enough but until I really started um substitute teaching and that's when I really got to see the ins and outs of everything and behind the scenes and see how uh, you know, our education education system really works. And, you know, now that I'm actively, you know, that now that I'm teaching a class, I I can really see it. You know, teachers are uh, so, 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 so underpaid. It's not even funny. Yes, teachers are so underpaid. I saw it and I saw, I looked at the numbers of how much teachers made and it's sad. And I, you know, I live here in Florida, and then I used to work at the um, state. I worked for the state for a brief period of time, and I saw so many teachers on benefits during the summertime. And I'm like, this is ridiculous, mm-hmm. yeah. and it, it it don't make sense. Yeah, it's wild. I wish you know, but thankfully, I'm still getting paid through this, so that's the one plus. I that that's something that I definitely wasn't expecting for them to continue to pay us teachers throughout all this. So that's one thing I'm like super, super grateful for. Hey, well, that's a blessing that they're still paying y'all. Y'all still have to make lesson plans online because I've heard how some states like here in Florida, they, some counties have shifted to making all of the lesson plans online, making the curriculum strictly online. Mm-hmm. Well, see, <laughs> I just, when I hear about schools like going online and like giving all their students laptops and like moving everything on la- like that's so good with that like unfortunately my school district it's like a privilege to be able to move school to online and, and currently this week um, you know we're assessing a lot of the students and their family to see even if that is possible because um, a lot of the families in district you know not all of them have internet access or computers so we're really trying to brainstorm and see how we can continue to educate the kids and support the families while this is all going on well you might want to put your families on some game because some internet providers i know we have a few here in florida that they will provide free they will provide free or discounted rates for families just that way their kids can use the internet for educational purposes and stuff so really there are programs out there Okay. Yeah, we de- uh, Yeah, we're trying to compile all the resources we can because you know, um, yeah, I know a lot of schools and high schools they've already moved on to online. Uh, starting I think yesterday, we're trying to we're just trying to get on it and, but you know the kids I'm throwing this like extra spring break that they're getting. 
Yes, some are appreciating the extra spring break. And I've seen some parents on social media just talking bad about having to take care of their kids all the time. It's like, now y'all asses are being more appreciative of the teachers now that yeah, y'all don't, y'all now that they're not watching your kids, now y'all should have been appreciative of the teachers beforehand. So it's it's crazy. Hopefully how bad their kids are. That's what I'm hoping because I have those not my kid parents, and I'm like, okay, well, let's see if it's your kid after all this. Let's see how you feel about your kid. Yeah, oh, that's why right. you do have some parents that will check that will um that will check the teacher before they check the kid. And and I actually had another podcast on a couple of days ago who said the exact same thing. It's like not enough parents time. be checking their their kids all the time. I can't tell you how many times I other parents you know jump on the teacher before their own child and it's like we I have no I don't get anything from lying on your kid you know what I mean <laughs> especially if it's my student and you know I'm just trying to help if anything so yeah I have a little bit of that a lot of bit of that yeah <laughs> yeah and how do you deal with that <sighs> it's really hard but basically um you just give it to them straight regardless of how you think or your kid acts at home here they act different and I, that does happen I have kids where at home they're fine at school I don't know what gets into them so you know sometimes I, I do get it from the parents perspective and other time it's the parent just really being ignorant and not believing their kid I've had to videotape kids acting up in my class before and send it to the parents so they can see this is what your kid's doing right now Maybe now you'll wow. believe me. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was it that effective? Yes. I yes. bet it was. Because see, it, I could tell I could tell these new school parents aren't the parents we came up with because I'm we came up with. Yeah. Like I I would get the black slapped off me if I treated my teacher close like close to the way these some of these kids treat um you know, their teachers and stuff. And then they're not scared of nothing anymore. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know what's, I don't know what's These parents are trying, these nowadays parents are trying to be advisors and the friends to the kids. No, you need to be the parent. You brought them in this earth. So if you have to jack them up, then jack them up to get them to understand. Because if you don't, the world is going to rough them up. Exactly. And as a, what I try to instill kids, life is so much bigger than this because I know in middle school um for me that's how I that's how I saw it like I was just it was just my friends and what was going on at home and school I couldn't think past like the next day I really couldn't and these kids sometimes they get wrapped up in stuff going on in the in their neighborhood or at home or shit at school get into fights and stuff I'm like you're so much bigger than this like you have to see that, you know, um, and yeah, it's 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 the parents not not instilling. It's just like I don't know. Parents sometimes think all I have to do is just feed you, put clothes on you, and then send you to school. And it's like no, you got to nurture your kid, and it's just parents are just feeding their kids, putting clothes on them, and then just sending them to school. Uh, these parents, I think you could tell that some of these parents, they had their kids too young, or maybe there's just some people that aren't just meant to be parents, because True. being a parent is more than just putting the kids on the kid and feeding them. No, mm-hmm. you're instilling them. Mm-hmm. You're preparing them for the real world. You're preparing them to be great. Mm-hmm. They're a reflection of you. Yeah. Some parents don't see that. Yeah, a lot of them don't. And then a lot of age you know I just like can't imagine it's wild the education system is wild yes I see that it's it's wild all over the country I see it here in Florida and I see it where you are in Arizona the education system is just wild it don't really prepare people for real life I think kids get the real group get the realness when they get to college that's when it gets yes and then and then see this is what annoys me because uh, so i teach social studies and then so recently um did a unit 
civil rights unit, right? And so this kid and most of my most of the people in my class, the students in my class, there's maybe like two black kids and then like one white kid. And then literally one kid was like, Miss Blass, you know, thank you for teaching us about this unit because before this I didn't know who Malcolm X was. And now when I go to high school I'll know. And I'm like, look, if I didn't tell you, you may not have known high school because that shit can go through the education system missing all of that because in college for me social studies wasn't elective like I didn't have to take that like like yeah. all these you know blogs not like they should be emphasized to the into the curriculum and it's just not yes then that's just not because like so I learned a lot of stuff about african-american history when i got to college right see the thing thing is when i got to fam it was mandatory it wasn't no elective you had to take african-american history good okay good good i'm glad yes yeah i'm pretty sure it's like that most historically back colleges they're gonna want you to understand your history right oh my god thank you jesus good because i Even now, I'm having withdrawals from teaching because I was building up a Chicano Studies um, um, unit, for, and a lot of the and a lot of the kids don't know half of the people who were involved are very important. And that's their own culture, and it's like that should be given. Like, why am I teaching you about the Boston Tea Party? You should know about your own culture first. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't. Yes, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. It's like, even I remember when I was in high school, I had a I had a social studies teacher get mad at me for for going to sleep in his class, and he'd be tripping about it. I'm like, man, I'm not want to learn about Gandhi when when I when I know the research, I know that Gandhi hated black people. <laughs> what am I learning about him for when I need to be learning about about my people? You yes. feel me? Yes. That's crazy. Enough about the educational talk, you know what I'm saying? Let's get into your podcast. Tell me about the Dark Sugar Podcast. That's a lovely name. Thank you. The Dark Sugar Podcast. It is a platform where I talk about all things in relation to Blackness. I talk about healing and mental health and just kind of like, I think that's the basis of my podcast, like Blackness and mental health, emotional health. Um, and it's just a space where I just, you know, talk about what I've been through and what I've learned. And, you know, I love hearing people give me ideas and we collab back and forth on things and hearing, you know, just that everyone's on the same vibe, I feel as like, I, like, I feel like everyone that's that I, um, collab with and everyone that listens to my podcast, we're all on the same vibe and I just love that to me, for me, social media has been, and especially Instagram, has been such an influential part of my growth. And um, because we have so many, ac- we have access to so many different things. I have access to Black art and Black media and Black poetry and Black book. Um, have uh access to you know therapists that I follow online if you need a therapist and just certain things so I think podcast was just a way to make social media just more just than mindlessly like scrolling through shit you know yes I, I definitely agree with you on that um the black culture social media it really has exposed you to all the black culture and it's really helped you find mm-hmm. everybody else that's on the mm-hmm. same wavelength as you. So I definitely agree with you there because I know for me, the podcast is like, find the other black podcasters, it didn't got a whole lot easier right? yeah. from social media. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So tell me about your journey as a black creative. Like, how has that impacted you so far? My journey, oh my God, that's such a deep question. My journey as a creator hmm that's such a question wait like what do you mean (laughs) um i mean like in your journey as becoming a content creator and meeting other people like 
how has that journey just impacted your everyday oh, life? Oh man, well, I feel like just connecting with people who have gone through the same thing that you've gone through and who can advise you and help you is always really encouraging. And then throughout podcasting, I feel like it's just helped me with day-to-day things that I've needed to work on anyway. Like, yeah, to yourself, you know, had to it's just challenged me to work on myself as my um procrastinating trying to be more consistent it's been really like a on like journey of growth and and it's something like I'm I'm a big dreamer I can have like so many dreams and so many ideas and they'll just like stay in my head And I feel like the podcast is the first time I, like, actually put an idea out and did it. And and Julie just did it. Um, Because before, my co-host, Rachel, she she isn't on the podcast anymore because she moved. But she, when we first started the podcast, it was literally just her being like, that's me, yeah, next day we had it. And we were doing it. And that was the first said thing like that. And then actually just went on and did it. And... So for me, it's like my first project of like, look, you can put your mind to something and do it and be successful in it. And I think I really had to ground myself because for a minute I was getting caught up in the numbers and the likes and the listens. And I was getting discouraged. I was like, no one's listening. No one cares. No one this, no one that. And then I was like, you know what? these 30 people that listen to this episode want me to another one so I'm gonna do it and this person they commented yesterday and said that you know what I really love this I'm gonna make another episode for them and you know it's not about so I had to just like really center myself with it and so I just feel like throughout the podcast it's just me like stepping stones of my creativity you know No, I totally feel you on that. So, what made you decide to keep going after your pod, after your, after your your co-host left? Because I kind of went through that myself. So, what kind of kept you going to say I'm gonna keep doing this even without my co-host? Um, to be to be super honest, I kept going because I was doing a lot of the base work anyway. So it was easy for me to keep going. It's not like, um. I, I didn't, it didn't phase me, to be super honest. It wasn't like, I can't do this by myself. I don't know. I just, like, kept doing it. I just, yeah, I just kept on going. Hey, that's real. That's real. Um, so, of all the episodes you've done so far, which one would you say is your favorite? You look you look back and you listen to it, and you say that was your favorite episode. Yeah, probably. Um, you know what? I, okay. My favorite episode is probably, I did an episode on racism in the makeup industry, and I don't know why that episode, I don't know, that just, that episode just came to my mind, and I think it was my favorite because it, because I love makeup, I love, I'm into beauty, I'm into skincare, and I just, like, put two things together that, that normally people don't think about. I think, and I was just, like, really on a pedestal just going off for, like, 45 minutes. I was pissed, and my, I just had, like, a really good flow. I felt passionate, and so I think when I listened to that episode, I'm like, oh, that was a good one. I was on such a good vibe. Okay, well, enlighten me a little bit. What kind of racism you women have to deal with when it comes um, to Um, not finding our goddamn shade. Black women, dark women, not finding your shade. <laughs> Them literally not making a shade for you. Or I, oh, that pisses, that's like one of my biggest pet peeves. They'll have like literally 20 variations of beige and then like a tan, like a chocolate and, and then that's it. Damn. So how, how has the makeup company has gotten better, better. now that, now that I do see like black owned people coming out with the, um, 
black people coming out with their own makeup lines and stuff. Has it has that made it yes. a little bit better? I'm a real way. Three, two, three years. Because I think three years ago is when the makeup community and women of color in the really like y'all never come out with our shades. They're all wrong. Like, what's up? You know we wear makeup too. We're buying your makeup. It was like circa 80s with Naomi and Michael where they look like super casket ready. You know, like that's the vibe. That's the vibe I felt like we were going back to. I'm like, wait, like, you know, too. I think that big old movement and so many companies like NARS, like they come out with Purr, they have, Purr has a hundred shades. Fenty Beauty has, what, 50 shades? So they're, they're a lot better because a lot of companies have started listening to the demand. So I will admit it is better. Sometimes I still do see it where, you know, they don't have my shade. But yeah, mom, well, like I said, um, I'm sorry that y'all had to deal with that. That's that's crazy that that y'all can find <laughs> y'all share the makeup when y'all need to be buying makeup. Like just like yeah, it's why makes you feel left out. But it's getting better for sure. Yeah, although I will say some of y'all look better without makeup. Megan the Stallion, honest, a lot of y'all from. She looks yeah. so much better with. Have you seen her without makeup? So, yeah, I, I've seen pictures of her without makeup. I'm like, damn, really? So, in that case, if women, if there are women out there that look better without makeup on, why do so many of them put a lot like of it, it. on? Because they like it and they feel like it's a boost of self-esteem? Sure. It's like, why do people dye their hair? <laughs> yeah, maybe they're going. Maybe if they if they die if they die here, I think they're going through something. What? <laughs> I mean, like to cover the gray or to like whatever. You know what I mean? It's just you. You just like it. And for me, growing up with makeup, I've oh my god! Like growing up trying to wear makeup, I would get in fights with my mom, my sister, my family. My people. Look better without it. Why do you wear so much? And one time, some. Oh, like I'm without makeup, and I was like, "Well, you." And they just looked at me like, "Whoa, that was super rude." I'm like, "Well, yeah, what you said to me was rude too. Like to me, it's the same. Like, I don't need it. I'm telling you, you do. <laughs> like, like just stay out of my. <laughs> it's my face ultimately, but you know, people always have a lot to say when it comes to 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 makeup. But even my opinion with Meg, like she's still like. Go, girl. Do your cut crease. I don't like it, but do it. Yeah, but what if... Now, let me ask you this. What if a man you're dating says, baby, you just look so beautiful without the makeup. What would you think then? Like he's saying I'm, I look better? Yeah, what if a man you're dating says that to you? Says, baby, you just look better without the makeup. Date him because he needs to respect I like makeup. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna stop wearing Damn. it. I'm not gonna stop wearing it because you think I look better without it. I'm not saying not don't don't stop wearing it, but like, damn, just sometimes it's okay to embrace your natural beauty. But hey, we all have no, but I do we like. I don't have things really. like so. I just like it, <laughs> and I don't think I need it. I just like yeah. it. There, there are some girls that feel like. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. That is true. There are some girls that do need it. Then, have you seen some that just put on way too much that they look one way, but then you see them makeup on, they look like yes, some tones lighter. Or yeah, some tones I, no, darker. I, okay, I've seen that where it's like some catfish and shit, and you're like, wait, what? I've seen that. Not gonna lie. And what are your thoughts on no thought. when you see that? Just do you. <laughs> no thought, just do you. I'm not, okay, I'm got, sorry, got I'm not, the, I'm not on one, one to, like, comment on, I'm not the biggest, like, what do you think about people doing this? What do you think about people doing that? That's why I'm, like, killing your questions. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, you're good. You're sounding very <laughs> humble. It's all good. You, you, you're being unique. You're being yourself. It, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's all good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know already, this is the Liquor Talk podcast you're listening to. And I got the host of the Dark Sugar podcast having around me tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope y'all enjoy. If you haven't done so already, pull that liquor up. Pull whatever liquor you like to drink. Now, if you're driving, please don't pour no liquor. But if you're stuck in the house during this damn quarantine, sip some wine or sip some liquor, whatever you like to drink. This is Liquor Talk. And this is the exclusive round. If you don't know, now you know. So, um, Kiana, what's your favorite? Okay. <laughs> let me, let me. This, I'm not a drinker. Only because I, I don't hold it well. My body's not made for it. I get super secret. I drink. I get drunk very quickly. I'm more of a, I think dark liquor is more vibe. I can't get any more specific than that, to be really honest. Like that, I don't have like a preference. <laughs> well, at least you're honest with yourself because I've seen some people that, the ones who drink saying they drunk and sleepy, but yet they, but yet every time I see them, they ready to pull that thing up. I'm, I'm looking at them like, you know, damn well you can look, but at least you honest with yourself, and that's beautiful. I, I can respect that. You are honest I, with I yourself. know, because I'm a hella lightweight, like hella, like if I have I can, if I have okay, if I have three shots, four, if I have four shots, I'm like drunk. Like that's my, that's four, I'm probably done, I'm drunk. Yep. Damn, four shots. I really want to say three. I'm trying to like <laughs> actually. I'm trying to even say four. Like it's four. It's three. Probably three. Okay, we're gonna say three. Three shots and you out. It's wow, such a cheap that's date. fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Um, so getting back to your most recent episode that you just recently did, um, on people pleasing. Why do you think people fall into that trap? Of it can be for so a couple much? things. It can be for soothing, like like soothing some emotional, for low self esteem. You think you have to. Um, some people weren't ever taught or didn't never developed emotional boundaries and that's just what they're used to that was the that's just the pattern that they have or sometimes people are very codependent for whatever reason and they have <clears throat> relationships like that in very little in return so it can be for a lot of things and sometimes it's just because you're nice and you're just nice and you don't really know when to say no Yeah. So how to listen? I, I I used to be like that, but I had it didn't take me to realize that ultimately mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. the captain and I'm the master. So mm-hmm. if something's not making me happy, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. I'm about to say no. Now, what is your method of how people? My method say no? for because my me specifically for people pleasing. Of um, I said phone calls, answering text messages. Or being invited somewhere and go one of my one thing that really helped me and my therapist gave me this um to practice is just taking a second to see how you feel so someone's like hey i'm moving today can you help me move just like before you were yourself 20 seconds 30 seconds and be like how am i feeling am i tired am i sleepy okay there do I feel like driving there because and I literally have to take that moment to read to evaluate how I'm feeling because I naturally want to put that person before myself and just say yes regardless of how I feel so really monitor my people pleasing I had to be more self-aware of how I'm feeling so I'm not like martyring myself for something that's not even that important because half the time that you're saying yes to and, and stressing you out and people pleasing for it, it can like hella wait. Like it's not that important. So her first thing for me was just take a second, like before you go to a party that you actually don't want to go to, you answer that phone call and you don't really want to talk to that person. Just see how you feel first. And if someone has 
plans or whatever, just say, I'll get back to you. You know, just like really just reflect for a minute. And I was like, oh, wow. And honestly, that has helped me so much. That's real. That's definitely real. Hey, I never thought Mm -hmm. of that, the 22nd method. That's real. Now, jumping back into podcasting, what is something you wish you would have known before you got started? I probably wish I would have known. Probably just how consistent you have to be. Or that you should strive to be and that consistency is key. Because I think that's something that I really, really struggled with. I was thinking like, I would get so overwhelmed thinking that I had to do, I had to like do two episodes a week and da-da, and I'd get so overwhelmed for a month. I would just fight big with it and being more consistent and being more organized and above all, hard on myself because along with being hard on myself being you know being organized or anything so I kind of had to just center myself and for that so I think just not being hard on myself and being consistent uh, that's real um, I, I can totally feel you on that just being hard on yourself because sometimes what you may think is crap, other people might be like, yes. hey, that was a really good episode. I've had, trust me, I've had that happen a yes. number of episodes. I was like, damn, really? Yes. I'm like, well, that was trash. And someone's like, oh, nice episode. Da, da, da. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's what happens, honestly, most of the time because I'm my biggest critic. Trust me, I feel you on that being a critic. It's like, you know what? I just told myself, look, you know what? Let's just get it up. If they criticize, if not, you, you, you. Sometimes, sometimes we, we are. really are our harshest evaluator, you know. And sometimes mm-hmm. we gotta learn to give ourselves a break. That's why I will say shout out to some of my Twitter followers and Instagram followers because a lot of them they taught me to give yeah. myself a break. You know what I'm saying? So how did you develop that consistency with putting a podcast? I developed <laughs> how I developed it. Um, I've only been consistent for like three weeks no I'm still struggling with it like I'm still but I think um what helps me is to plan and like I said to plan and not being so hard on myself so instead of being like I gotta put out an episode every week or every whatever I do now I'm and especially with having all this downtime now I think it's one every two weeks and so, you know, I journal, I plan, I get my ideas out, set aside some time to record. And it doesn't seem, and get my own ego out of it, because the reason I took a break is because I was like, my self-esteem was shot, I wasn't feeling confident, I didn't listening. And so, just focus on my content, I think is what help is helping me just stay really consistent. That's definitely real. Now, I definitely can feel you on that. And honestly, you can't let numbers and uh, people affect you. I mean, you can look at them, but just don't let it get to you because you're we're in a stage that we're building and everywhere. It's like not everybody started off with a million followers overnight. And it's, it takes mm-hmm. time. You just got to put the work in. So I definitely feel where you're coming from. So what's one thing about podcasting people need to know about before trying to hmm. start a podcast. Before you start a podcast, you should know that it can be as big as you want or as small as you want. Like you have full control. Um and it does take work and it does take effort. Put it out there and then just sit back and chill. Um That's real. So, going back to another one of your episodes, what sparked your love of genealogy? <laughs> this is interesting because I've never heard, I've never heard somebody of color what? say I'm interested I'm, in really? genealogy. Ooh, yeah, okay. I think so you're the first one I've ever heard that. From. I became obsessed with genealogy. Okay, so my mom, 
figure out how to start this. It's so like, um, <laughs> I love, I just you love, got it. You I just got love it. black history. I love black culture. I loved listening to the stories. Of my mom talking about her grandparents, sharecroppers and so-and-so did this and so-and-so moved here and had this many kids. And I just loved family history and I loved listening to family history. And I remember like that I must've been in high school, godmother who's passed would go to her, use her ancestry.com account and fill out my own ancestry. And I was finding like birth certificates, marriage certificates, certificates, my grandpa's World War Two enlistment, like all, whoa, like and think, see that big ass tree and see like survived and then that person survived and then that person survived and that person survived and then it was me, and then to see the, this and to see I weren't allowed to read or write. Six year old, fifty year olds, can you read? No, can you write? No. And just that that history for me was just so, so that they survived through all that. And then I was just right here. And then I'm like a little obsessed with, like I have a fascination genetics and things like that and ethnicities and how different ethnicities form, you know, pieces came different. It all just turned into this huge love of genealogy that I had and you know I recently did my tweet 23 and me which was super my mom did it together and it's like for a minute I wanted to be a genealogist how much but for a minute I that is what I wanted have you ever thought about maybe being a genealogist or being an African-American um, studies professor somewhere? Cause it sounds okay. like you got that down. Pat. Uh, yes. I like, I want to be when I, which I am currently now, which was when I, you know, when they offered me like, Holy shit. Yes. And first week of teaching, I was, I was on an adrenaline rush. I felt something. I just was on, adrenaline rush social studies and I was like whoa I like this is something I could definitely do a really long time I can definitely understand that I can definitely understand that that's real and I'm happy you're in a ju- your dream one of your dream jobs right now it makes me happy you know what I'm saying they see someone is living something that they really want to do. So I'm really happy for you on that matter. Now, shifting to what we kind of talk about on Look and Talk, which we do deal with a lot oh, of dating go. and relationships. I see a topic topic about interracial dating. Now, uh, yeah, I have to, I kind of have to go here because I live in Florida and I see it goes both ways. So what do you think to yourself when you see Nothing. a black woman with a white dude? Not really. You don't think nothing of it? And you don't think, uh, and vice versa, you don't think nothing of it either? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, this is what I don't get. Why do y'all women have this damn double standard? It's okay for y'all, but when, a, when a brother does it, when you're I like, what the fuck? I'm going to say this. So a lot of the times what it is, that woman play and me see an interracial and it's a knock woman my mom and I've talked about this before felt emotionally triggered some season because oh black men don't women and and non-black women are better and the da, da, da. So I think that's what it represents to a lot of women. And unfortunately, they let it out personally on the couple when it's not really that, that you're representing something that's triggering and we're trying to have the conversation and it's maybe not effect favor. That's honestly what it is. 
So you don't feel that way when you see your sister dating a, a white dude? Yeah. I take that as a no, I guess. I, I don't know, but me personally, I, I, I got to the point where I, it's played out. I'm, I'm tired of seeing it both ways. I just... I'm just like, you know what? Give me a black woman and I will be all right. Because, listen, I went to HBCU. So it's it's kind of hard for me to not want to see myself with any other race of women. Don't get me wrong. I'll do business with them. I'll have them on shows. But to be by my side and bring them home to my family? Nah, that got to be a black woman. <laughs> I feel I you. disrespect my mama like that. He said he can't disrespect. No, I feel I'm, I'm just you. being and honest. And... And, you know, like, I don't, I don't, my, my thing with the interracial dating is date who you want. First of all, understand the difference between having a preference and then just <laughs> being an ass. And then also, you know, understanding the, the dynamics, the history behind interracial dating. And, um, you know, ultimately, I have my preferences. I don't care. But when you start to disrespect black women and put black women down, that's when. So when I see a black man with a non-black woman, I sometimes I look at him and wonder, what do you think? Like, are you with her because you like her, or are you with her because you just didn't want a black girl, or are you just like and and on it? That's just literally think, and that's because colorism and that whole specter. That's like really on the head a lot of the time so it's not that I'm like mad at him or I'm like jealous or hating I'm just like hmm I wonder what this circumstance <laughs> was you know like I don't know and honestly I feel you on that and sometimes I say the same thing whenever I see a, a sister with a white dude and also and also I also say the same thing when I see black women going on media platforms bashing black men but often you see them with a white dude I'm like Oh, you got all this crap to say about black black men. No wonder you were a white dude. I'm just like, and I'm just like, I feel like this. If you date whoever you want, yes. just stop bashing us black people. Stop bashing each other because you do not hear other races of people bashing each other on media so violently. Sorry, I have my dog's barking. No, that's so really dead. Yeah, I hear the dog in the background. Yeah, and it's like, why do you feel that way? Why do you feel like us black people just got to feel to, to tear each other down um, instead of always uplifting each other? Because the way society each other, like, you don't really white people don't embarrass me, other white person, or something like that. of each other because we aren't like what some one black person society feels like one black person people um and so you know and then also i think <sighs> black people culture that's not what i'm trying to i feel like you know you it's hard for i don't think we really have any i don't know i think very few things unite us as you got it. You got it. Like that. Like this together. You see, have you read two people? Two people. You're one of us. Thank God. Like that type of thing. No, I haven't seen that too much here. I feel like we've just been so mm -hmm. accepting of each other no matter what no so, I, 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 I really haven't I, seen that I, I think we are yeah that part I do feel like that's definitely the case um we don't. We do represent our upbringing and stuff. 
But ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know by now, you are listening to Look and Talk. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. And hey. also go ahead and subscribe to the Dark Sugar Podcast as well, since we got the co- the host on the on here as well, ladies and gentlemen. So what's your future plans for how does 2020 shape out for you once we what are you excited about for the rest of the Man, year once we're done with this I coronavirus mess? That was the concerts I have a poet um and it's been my like three-year goal to finally publish it or send it to submission um so yeah but traveling that's what I was kind of thinking about today not friends are like me we're always going different places always in you know I been a you can make two, so I think traveling I can't do right. No, trust me, I feel you on the traveling, you know what I'm saying? And honestly, one of the spots I wanted to hit is where you're From at in, in Arizona, well, specifically Phoenix. So <laughs> What's well, here? Because um some I had a coworker one. We <laughs> we all, we all... <laughs> <laughs> we all feel that way about the city. I feel I feel like everybody feels that way about the city that they're in. Your exact reason because I be seeing a lot of my college people because I'm in Tampa, Florida, and I'm like, why the hell y'all asses want to come to Tampa? <laughs> Your exact expression is how I feel about Tampa. But somebody told me Phoenix was like Orlando, Orlando, Florida. They were like. You need to. They. That's what they said about it, and they said it's beautiful out there, and things and are plus cheap. things are sure. really cheap out there. That's what they were saying. Phoenix uh, was born in Santa Monica, California, and I grew up in Phoenix. I, I remember like in my head, and so Phoenix. Yeah, for the longest, I was like, it's ugly, it's boring. There's nothing here, but then. A different part of the city and less um, buildings with more agriculture. Exactly. Nice thing. Sedona, there's the Grand Canyon, Blackstone. You know, there is. I, we, um, we like Phoenix meme that there's like literally nothing to do like that you've done all you could do by the time you're like 15 and then after that you know yeah believe me I kind of felt that way when I graduated from college and came back to Tampa I'm like damn I'm kind of tampered out I'm like I need to see some new scenery so that's why I enjoy going to uh, I'm right there with you the last time I traveled somewhere I went to LA and the Santa Monica Pier is so beautiful you know what I'm saying it's like I'm I'm right there with you and saying I need to travel more. And I had a co a former co from from a job. She was like, "You need to come to Arab Phoenix with me." I said, "I said maybe." I but I I, I think that coworker went to Phoenix. I don't know, but um, but Arizona was how my list of places to visit. But I'm just kidding. I'm not there let you there are a lot me. of cool <laughs> By the done it all, and it's like what now? So, just out of curious, what's on your travel list? Um, obviously, on my travel Phoenix. list, I definitely want to play. Um, again, I don't know what it is about the my aunt, my dad's sister. Call that. I don't know how to call. Is it cringe? where she lived Crenshaw LA like on the outside of Crenshaw and then like when I just that's the one of the like walk around down the by the little shops and I don't know the vibe. I don't know I I, go, I definitely want to inside the family the cousins are trying more I really, really 
see this. I definitely go back. I love New Orleans. Oh my god. I wanted to go to New Orleans this year for the Essence uh, Fest until it got canceled. I'm like, to damn be. it, man. Shit. That's a... It was supposed oh. to be in, um, I think, either in July or August, but they canceled I it. And I said, oh, hell time to no, go man. Is in man, my... December, January. Like, no one's there. Because I was ago. And it was just so nice. It wasn't too hot. It was hella humid, but it wasn't too hot. So you can just feel the in that city. It's crazy. Yeah, that that's definitely real. Um, I definitely New Orleans is still a visit, even though it's um. You know, even though the Essence Fest has been canceled. So what's some things that people need to do if they if were, were to visit Phoenix? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, Phoenix, I mean, is, it that, is it that bad in Phoenix where you can't <laughs> so you can't think of Rest- nothing unique about Phoenix. Wow. <laughs> um, hiking, hike here. Yes. Yes, might be. I'm. Just do Arizona. You can go like so. Don't there we like play. That much cooler. Look, I'm gonna tell you like this. If you come to Florida, I got you. We we can find some things to do. We got the beaches. We got. We got a lot to do. We got, of course, we got Disney World and all that and stuff. And of course, we got South Beach down in Florida. So, if you come to, if you have, yeah, Florida, okay. So how is that? So know. y'all I got do, you, all right? And then feel like you don't. Um, I feel like we. The reason I say it is because I didn't hit all the bars. I didn't hit the nice spots and stuff and. A lot of things are closed right now. So, and of course, you see my Instagram page. I'll be trying different restaurants. I can tell you what a good food, what a, what some of the good yeah, food spots I mean. are. So. What is some rush? Probably take them on a hike. Go to the zoo. Take them. Go to the zoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I thought the land of the Valley of the Sun may have had more to do and stuff, but somebody did. I remember talking to somebody on Twitter about Phoenix. They told me just don't visit Scottsdale or Maricopa because they said those like very racist spots of Phoenix. Literally, it's like pretty interesting from the south side to the north side, let's just say. (laughs) Oh, so it's interesting from the south side to the north side. The south and the north side, like, they're just completely different. Yes, that is true. That is true. I can say the same about I can say the same about Tampa. It's like, it, it just sometimes I ain't gonna lie. I hate to say this, but sometimes it just depends on mm-hmm. what part of Martin Luther mm-hmm. King Boulevard you're on. It's like that in almost every city. 
the north side of Martin Luther King Boulevard. Why, did, is why side, they segregate it like that? South north side and is south. Why, did, why are all the, but in why Tampa, is it the back on the why I don't know, but sometimes in some cities it's like that, but then you get some cities like Tampa and Jacksonville oh. where it's the people, the nice oh, parts on the south side okay, okay. and the rougher parts on the north side. So it just depends on what city you're at because some cities, the west the, the west side is the rougher side and because I know Baltimore, the west, the west side is the roughest part. So it just, it all depends on what area of the town you're in. So, so that in the day, you get definitely I feel you on the traveling more. I definitely want to do that, my damn self. I just need this coronavirus mess to mess to um stop already. So, what are some things you recommend people doing while they're being quarantined? Do at least one. If you, I recommend journaling, taking organizing, cleaning out your closet. Um, you know, baking things that you wanted to that you take that time go listen to that whole album. You got time. There's clearly, so in <laughs> yes, there's literally there's some things to do and nothing to do. It's crazy. Now, what you, now as a teacher, what you want to tell the parents out there? The how they what they need to do with their kids it's, during because this I know so many parents, you know. So I know I've been seeing online doing implementing some type of care, which is you know for the parent. Doesn't matter what, but I think if your kid routine out. Um, of just anything, even like random shit that you come up with, like washing the dishes or let's take a walk or let's do a puzzle time, nap time, like anything. I think having a routine at home during this time. Been a- uh, that's real. That's definitely real. So what are you looking forward to for the rest of 2020 and going forward with with the Dark Sugar podcast? I'm looking for learning because I've been learning so, so much. You perfecting my etiquette, getting more familiar with these podcasting apps and all these. When it comes to just more confident and more, I guess, wherever. Wherever it's, you know, follow and put the work in. I totally feel you, and I totally agree with you on that. I'm still running these podcast apps myself, and I'm trying to. I haven't. I'm about. I'm close, closing in on 100 episodes, and I haven't even got to figure it out yet. So, I feel like it's gonna be real scary one. Uh, thank you, thank you. We we closed in on it. We ain't quite there yet. We closed in it. We getting awful close to it. But um, but I'll go ahead and wrap this thing up by asking you: Why should people download, download the, the Dark Sugar Podcast? There are different insights that they've maybe had no one else to talk to them. That's how I felt. All these feelings, and the only can seem to get them out and engage isn't necessary people who are on the same wave so you know if you're passionate simple more I would download if you are you know dealing with mental health you're into down and if you just positive and I have a I would thank you uh that's that's real um 
Thank you for joining me today on Look at Talk. With check out the Dark Sugar podcast. Go ahead and download that if y'all haven't done so already. And whenever you're ready for me to make hey, an appearance on the Dark okay, Sugar podcast, we're gonna do it. You just let me know. I got you. Yes, I I, I got you now. Hold me to it now, because I have I've had guests come on here and be like, hey, I'm a, I'm gonna have you on my podcast, and I haven't heard from them. You know what I'm saying, but. I ain't, I ain't about to chase him, though. You know what I'm saying? Everything within due time. But, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Look and Talk podcast. This has been the exclusive around, the dark sugar round. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe to both podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts at. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, until the next time we do Look and Talk, pull that.